This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful that you joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be an excellent and hopefully interactive edition of Equip. Today, I want to dedicate this program to pastors, to those who are called to be shepherds, to lead God's people in the local church context, to elders who have been entrusted with the care of the congregation. Today, I want to talk about a book that I highly commend to those who have been called to local church ministry. It's entitled Character Matters. Shepherding and the Fruit of the Spirit. It's written by Aaron Minikoff. Listen, shepherding can be measured in a number of different ways. And I fear that our current models of measuring success has reduced uh, um, shepherding and pastoral ministry down to pragmatics, to business principles, if you will. But Christ came to give us something different than just organizational leadership tips of how to build a successful organization. He is not looking for us to have the best running nonprofit in our region. What he is looking for us to do is to shepherd his people. He promised that he would give his people shepherds after his own heart. Imagine the joy that Israel must have felt hearing those words out of the mouth of the prophet Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, rather. Well, how do we live in that way? How do we shepherd in that way? While there are many books written on competency, what I love about Aaron Minikoff's book is that it highlights the importance of the character of the man, the type of people we ought to be. I would love for you to give a call today as a pastor, as an elder, as a leader in the local church. I'd love to give our prayer support to you, as well as whatever wisdom we can give along the way. The phone number is 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Aaron Minikoff is senior pastor of Mount Vernon Baptist Church in the beautiful city of Atlanta, Georgia. Prior to that, he worked in politics as a legislative assistant. He also is an organizer and host Uh, Feed My Sheep. It's an annual conference for pastors and church leaders in the Atlanta area. Aaron joins me today. How are you, sir? I am doing great, and thank you so much for dedicating this show to to local church pastors. It really is a joy to be a pastor, but it's, uh, it's not always easy, so it's neat to hear you want this show to be a special encouragement to any pastors who might be listening. Well, I'm going to say this to you, Aaron. I appreciate your investment into the life of pastors. I know that you have labored diligently, and I cannot forget 
the good folks over at Nine Marks because I know how much of an impact that ministry has had on you. I know how uh, impactful Nine Marks has been on publishing resources that are impacting the local church. Uh, Again, the book is entitled Character Matters and uh, is subtitled Shepherding in the Fruit of the Spirit. And I highly commend it for those of you who are church leaders, for those of you who are pastors. And again, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to create safe spaces. And this is a space where I want you as a pastor to feel that you can call in or it's okay to call in for prayer for your pastor. Uh, Aaron, uh, let me ask this question at the outset. Why write a book on character? I wanted to write a book on character because I was absolutely convinced that pastors can have blind spots. Maybe a pastor says, you know what, I'm not, I'm not struggling with sexual sin, or I've not fallen into sexual sin, so I must meet the biblical qualifications of an elder. And he gets so encouraged by where, by God's grace, he's succeeding. He may slowly but surely neglect other important areas of his life, of his character, that really do matter when it comes to knowing how to best shepherd the flock entrusted to his care. And so the fruit of the Spirit, which are not written directly to pastors, become this amazing way for us to have a little bit of a a self-diagnostic test on how we're doing in caring for the people God's given us. You know, it's interesting because it's easy for folks who see this book to assume that Aaron is writing this purely and simply, almost exclusively because of his love for shepherds, his love for pastors. But for a person who leads a conference entitled Feed My Sheep, I think it's important to give you an opportunity to share your love for the sheep. Talk about how this book, at least in your heart, is written not just out of a love for pastors, but out of love for churches. Yeah, what a, what a, what a great question. One of, one of God's kindest gifts to Christians is leaders. And uh, all of us, you know, you just have to turn on Twitter or, you know, open the paper and it seems like hardly a week goes by, and you don't you you hear about a, a failing pastor. And who knows how many pastors you know fail or fall out of ministry whose stories never never make the headlines. Uh, the the man and the woman, even the child in the pew, they are in need of faithful, godly men to lead them week in and week out. And so I'm convinced that one way, a really strategic way to serve them so that they can be pastored in congregations that are growing in grace and godliness is to help the shepherds themselves grow in grace and in godliness. And so, yeah, that's my heartbeat. You you hit it exactly right, not just to serve the pastor, but by serving the pastor to serve the members entrusted to their care. This is a nine marks book published by Moody. I bring up Nine Marks because uh, so many in in our listening audience today may not be familiar. What is Nine Marks, and how is that, um, I guess, movement or coalescing of of biblical thinkers and leaders, how has that impacted your life? 
Man, well, it impacted my life because the guy who wrote that book, it's, it's Nine Marks is named after a book. The book is called The Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. And uh, that author was my pastor back from 1994 when I worked in politics to 2000 when I headed off to seminary myself to go into full-time ministry. And in all honesty, I mean, before I went to this church in D.C., I didn't really have a good understanding of what the Bible said about what a church should be. And this brother just stood up behind the pulpit week in and week out, and he preached the Bible. And through God's Word, he presented a biblical vision for what a church should be. You know, a church marked by things like expositional preaching and good theology and uh, knowledge of the gospel and a right understanding of, uh, of church leadership and membership and even things that are really hard for the average Christian to understand today, things like church discipline. And you put it all together, and it's really just a biblical vision for how to, quote-unquote, do church. And so I felt like when I was able to leave that local church and carry with it biblical principles principles about how to do church, I was really, I, I feel like I had, a, I had a head start as I went into seminary and eventually as I, I pastored a church uh, on my own. Yeah, I'd love to ask another question that may seem disconnected or off the beaten path a little bit later about how your life in politics may um, have uh, helped you or how God has used that <laughs> in, in your pastorate, but we'll come back to that. In a moment, okay. but I, I, I will say to those who are pastors or aspiring for church leadership, I would say that Nine Marks has been a place that has produced resources, a movement, if you will, that really helps pastors to think rightly about what a healthy local church needs to look like. And in a day where health has been overshadowed by success, I guess my question for you is, what is the relationship be between the character of the pastor and the competency of the pastor? Because I, I don't get from your book this sense that, okay, what we want are men of high character, but competency doesn't matter. But nor do I sense a pragmatism that prioritizes success over godliness. So what's the relationship? Yeah, that's so important. It's so important to understand. It's so important to see. When, you know, when I, when I saw my first pastor and I thought, this brother's got some amazing gifts. He's got a sharp mind. He's got a quick wit. He's got a sense of humor. And, uh, and I loved all those things. And I thought all those things. But when I walked away from, from, from viewing his ministry, I didn't walk away impressed with his skill set as much as I walked away with, with this, this confidence that the Word of God is really, really powerful. And I think that a, I think that a brother in ministry, uh, in this case, thinking about pastors, so a brother in ministry who has a, has a high character, he finds a way like John the Baptist to decrease, that Christ might increase, and it's not that he squelches any natural gifts that God's given him, right? I mean, the Apostle Paul says that elders have to be able to teach. That's a gift of the Lord. You know, there needs to be some skill in, in teaching. But if that skill isn't simultaneously accompanied by godly character, what's going to happen is the congregation may be well-fed with their knowledge of the Bible, mm. but they're going to start looking like a pastor who is sadly falling 
far short of the glory of God. And the proof text of that would be Luke chapter 6, verse 40, where Jesus says the disciple will inevitably become like his teacher. Wow. You know, so much focus in our day and age has rightfully shifted to this thought of integration, the integration of the Word of God in the life of those who teach it and proclaim it, uh, the formation of the heart, if you will, not just simply focusing on a list of what we ought to do, but who we ought to be. We're going to talk about Mm -hmm. that uh, more after this break. We are going to take a short break, but these breaks are strategically designed to give you opportunity to uh, get a copy of the resource. And and I will say this, that uh, you can get a copy of this for yourself. If No doubt there are many church leaders that are listening to us today, and I would love for you to get a copy of your for yourself. But I would also say there are many of you that are listening that are not church leaders in the formal sense of the word. But as a pastor, I can't tell you how many times my life has been enriched because someone who attends my local church has put a book or a resource in my hand and said, Pastor, I think that if you read this, it'll bless and benefit your soul. So maybe get a copy for yourself. Maybe get a copy for the elder or pastor at your church. Whatever you do, go to equipradio.org. We'll be right back with more right after this. We will all experience times of trials and loneliness. That's why I want to offer to you a powerful book that will help you to take courage, to live with joy, and to worship Jesus every day in the midst of your trial. It's titled, In the Hands of a Fiercely Tender God, 31 Days of Hope, Honesty, and Encouragement for the Sufferer by Colleen Chow. Get your copy when you support Equip with a gift of any size this month. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today, talking to uh, pastor and author Aaron Minikoff about his book, Character Matters, Shepherding in the Fruit of the Spirit. To join the conversation, dial 877-548-3675. Maybe you see the fruit of the Spirit um, on full display in your pastor's life, and it's something that you've been marked by. Love to hear from you. Or maybe you're processing through uh, what it is to labor with a pastor who has many gifts and, and skills and abilities, but yet is lacking um, pieces, vital pieces of the fruit of the Spirit. I'd love to hear from you as well. 877-548-3675. You say in your book that looking back, Aaron, at your early years as a pastor, you said a number of factors chipped away at your godliness. I want you to talk about that reality. What is it like to discover that a piece of the fruit of the Spirit is missing from your life? Man, what a sobering yeah. thing. What is that like? Yeah. Well, Chris, I know you're, you're a pastor, and you know, maybe you remember, maybe you know, this was your experience as well. I know, I know it was mine. But you're you're a young pastor, and you have you have grand aspirations for the ministry. Those aspirations may be denominated in how many people come to your church or how many people know your name. 
And if those goals aren't met, you can just slowly but surely get discouraged and, and maybe even a little bit depressed. And, uh, and part of the reason is because, you know, maybe your goals weren't as biblical as they should have been. And part of the reason is I just didn't have the fruit of the Spirit the way I needed to have it. So just even patience is one example. I mean, one of the most obvious things in Scripture is that we're to be patient. God often works slowly. But why is it in ministry that we often want things to go quickly? We want our church to grow quickly. We want people to appreciate us quickly. And so really early in ministry, you know, I realized, man, I need to grow in this area or I'm really going to be having a life of discouragement. Yeah, I apologize for uh, bursting the bubble that you, you wrote this book from a place of perfection. I guess the uh, the veil has been pulled back, and now people know you're as human as as the rest of us. You know, I'll, I'll never forget people. Aaron are pretty honest in exit interviews, and I remember a, a, a woman, young woman who worked for us. She was on the uh, administrative side of our staff at a local church, and it was an exit interview. She was um, leaving from staff to go to another job. And I asked her, is there anything that, you know, I need to know about myself and about our church or ministry that can help us to grow? And I'll never forget, Erin, she says, my biggest fear on being on staff at this church was that if if ever I was was weak, that I would be cast aside. If I was ever in a Mm -hmm. season where I was unproductive and unable to contribute, in a significant way to the to the ministry of the church uh, that I'd be cast aside. And man, you talk about a dagger. And yeah. she 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 wasn't uh, pretentious. She wasn't conflictual. She was just being honest. And you talk about going home that night, looking in the mirror, and saying, "Lord, uh, I want to grow in godliness." That was that moment for me. Have you ever had moments wow. like that? Yeah, I, I you could have written this book, Chris. I mean, one day uh, I had brought on, we had brought on a, a godly young man, and uh, he'd come on into a staff position, and we wanted to recommend to the congregation that he come on as a as a staff elder, as a pastor, and uh, I asked him to to write us some thoughts about this, and uh, he said one of his concerns about coming on as an elder was that some of his in some of his interactions with me he could find me harsh and intimidating mm. and he wasn't sure how that dynamic would transfer into the elder body and what really struck me is until he said that i had not seen myself as having a, a harsh and intimidating personality yeah. and i was so thankful for his honesty and I realized, whoa, I really need to grow in this area. I'm like, there's, all, there's lots of areas I, I sort of knew I needed to grow in, but I didn't know I needed to grow in gentleness. <laughs> yeah. And then you just wonder, well, are there other areas I need to grow that I'm not aware of? And that's what sort of began the journey for me, yeah. which, by the way, I've not arrived, to be super clear. No, no, and, and, and it's great. And I think one of the precious ways that you acknowledge that is by dedicating this book to three folks that I would love for you to just comment on. Uh, Brian Pillsbury, Brad Thayer, uh, Dennis Butts. Uh, Talk about that in relation to the fact of your recognition that I'm still on this journey. 
Oh, man, what a sweet question. I mean, Brian Pillsbury, dear associate pastor on staff at this church, Mount Vernon, so many more years than I have. And, you know, a lot of times when pastors go overseas on, on mission trips, they'll only go if people give them something to do. Mm. And Brian taught me to just go and be, be an encouragement. Wow. Nobody has to ask you to teach for you, you to be a blessing. And Brad, Brad Thayer is a man with so many administrative gifts. He's a great preacher, and uh, he has walked through me and seen me at my worst and still loves me and, and models, I think, love is a fruit of the Spirit. And then my dear brother, Dustin, he's the young man with the courage to tell me, hey, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can serve as an elder with you. So these guys, their, their humility yes. and their directness, God has used to sharpen me and, and, and bless the church. And it just reminds us that churches weren't intended to be led by one man, unless that man is the God man, Jesus Christ. They're meant to be led by a group of men that we might sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go to the phone lines because I promised I would. 877 Live 675 to join the conversation. It's 877 548 3675. But please hear. Pastor uh, Aaron and I saying that um, one of the gifts that God gives by his grace to pastors is to surround us by fellow elders who hopefully have the biblical courage of uh, being honest with us about areas, uh, blind spots, if you will, uh, but areas of godliness that we need to grow in. And, and, And I hope that what you hear Pastor Aaron saying, what you hear me saying, is that when those moments confront you as a pastor, and they will confront you, um, you have a choice, a choice to either reject those things, much to your own harm, the harm of your own soul and the harm of the church, or you can choose to humble yourself and grow in godliness. And I hope through this book, you'll see what happens when you choose that latter pathway. Let's go to Noel. Noel is uh, listening in Florida. Noel, thank you for calling. What's your question or comment for Aaron? Uh, Sure, and thanks for all that you folks are doing to encourage the body. Um, My thing is, um, in in searching for a church recently in this town I just moved to, um, what I've found is a lot of churches are pretty progressive, pretty modern, uh, where the patch pastor is not approachable. Um, you really don't know who to go to in a time of need. Like if you get put in a hospital or one of your family members, you can't really have a conversation with the pastor because he's, he's more about the book writing. It's more about running the business. Um, and it doesn't mm. feel like he's a pastor. He's more like a teacher. And I don't know if your conference uh, approaches that. I was blessed to grow up with a pastor. I came off the streets and I lit a pack of firecrackers one time and <laughs> in the middle of service. And when they brought me to the pastor's office, um, he asked me, why would I do such a thing? And I told him this because you told me this was my church too, but you speak in this King James, I don't understand the word you're saying. (laughs) The very next Sunday, he came to me and he said, I want you to take your notes out and and, um, pay attention this Sunday. And I did. And he pulled out the NIV as well as the King James after the service, he came to me. He goes, how did I do? And I gave him a thumbs up as a teenager, a street kid, and he gave me a hug. And that's the kind of yeah. pastor that I grew up with where yeah. 
you know, mm-hmm. he tended to my needs as a shepherd and, and allowed me to grow and became my mentor as I became, as I went into a ministry. But what I'm finding now, a lot of the pastors are untouchable. Yeah. Untouchable. Well, no, mm-hmm. no, I, I just want to say what a sweet story. Obviously you had a pastor who, uh, probably is reflective of what Aaron is writing by here that understood uh, through his understanding of the gospel that character matters. Uh, there's so much I want to say, Aaron. What would you say in reflection on um, Noel's question? Yeah, Noel, I appreciate you you reaching out. I, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, we know that, you know, only Jesus is perfect. So there, there's just not going to be a perfect pastor out there. But I do think the distinguishing mark of a pastor that you might want to, you know, be under his care is, is he, is he humble enough to receive criticism? If the criticism is offered in a godly way, if the criticism is offered in a gentle way, if the criticism is offered for the good of him and the good of the church, is he a, is he a man who's, who's, who's humble, a man who wants to grow? Because you're just not going to find a man who has it all together. You know, there's just only, again, that's only Jesus. But if you find a man who just doesn't seem like he has any hear, ears to hear, well, that might be a good sign that, that you know, that's not, the, that's not the church you want to be a, be a part of. But I think a godly pastor is going to listen, yeah. and, uh, and, and he's going to be encouraged by someone who really seems to care about the church. I also want to say really quickly that I don't know the church polity or the governmental style of the church he came from, but I'm a big believer in the plurality of elders, that there are multiple elders at a local church whenever possible. And so it sounds like you had a great direct relationship with the pastor, the primary teaching elder at your church. Um, I just don't want to make that an idol. I want to be careful to guard my heart. There may be other elders. Maybe it's not the primary teaching elder, but maybe there's another elder there that will avail themselves to you that God will use to bless and help you to grow and mature. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. Thanks for your call, Noel. Take more calls after this break. Next up on Equip. to equip with Chris Brooks. I'd be remiss if I did not thank our incredible partners and friends who prayerfully and financially support the program. We could not be here if it was not for God's grace. So often expressed through your generosity. So let me say thank you for supporting equip. I also want to use this as an opportunity to stress how important it is for those who have listened and benefited from the program Uh, to stand with us. It is estimated that for every one person who financially supports our program, there's about 10 who listen and benefit who may not have been able to. And maybe it's been on your heart to do that. Today would be a great day. And we want to make it as convenient as possible. Radio is an expensive endeavor, but it makes sense if you know hearts are being encouraged and shaped by the gospel. And that's our passion here at Equip. So if God has blessed you uh, financially, can you stand with us today? Uh, 888-644-4144. Be great to hear from five friends who can stand with us today uh, with a gift uh, that will allow us to enable us to stay on the air in your community. 888-644-4144 is the number. 
or EquipRadio.org. Today, I'm blessed to have a conversation about character, the character in particular of shepherds and the work of the Spirit in shaping that character. The book is entitled Character Matters, Shepherding in the Fruit of the Spirit. Aaron Minikoff is my guest. Aaron is uh, the happy and joyful pastor of Mount Vernon Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and a writer of this book. We're taking your calls as well at 877-LIVE-675. Let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit. You refer to the fruit of the Spirit both in, in, in conversation like we're having now as well as in the book in the singular form. Why is that important? And uh, what do you what do you want us to understand about your approach that way? Yeah, well, I'm wanting us to understand that when Paul exhorts Christians to keep in step with the Spirit and to bear the fruit of the Spirit, he's not saying it's okay to have love, joy, and peace, but not have patience, gentleness, and, and faithfulness. In other words, they go together. All these pieces are pieces of one fruit. All of them are non-negotiable. And uh, the reason why I I emphasize that is because a pastor might say, or even a Christian, you know, just might say, man, I'm just just not very compassionate, but I'm really bold. Well, I praise God for your boldness, but the Lord would have you strive by God's grace to be more compassionate as well. So by keeping them as, as identifying it as, as one fruit, which I think is what Paul is doing, at least in Galatians 5, it emphasizes the necessity of each piece. Let's let's talk then about what the fruit is, because uh, I think there are many passages. So often people think about Galatians, and I want to come back to Galatians. But what is the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah, the fruit of the Spirit, in a nutshell, is holiness. It's it's that life which, by God's grace, is pleasing to the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is is our sanctification. So, you know, we as Christians understand ourselves to be saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And now, having been saved, we're to grow. But then, we well, what does growth look like? Aha! Growth looks like growing in the fruit of the Spirit. And these are all, you know, demonstrable, definable terms. We're to grow in love. We're to grow in joy. And the, the, the Galatians 5 list is not exhaustive. We find it we find lists throughout the New Testament of, of virtues, and all these virtues wrapped together are really bite-sized ways for faithful Christians to understand what holiness looks like. Holiness can be very abstract. Self-control isn't. This is beautiful because I think of godliness and holiness as interchangeable. Is that right? I would say godliness and holiness are are interchangeable. I do think that the piece of the fruit of the Spirit called goodness might be closest to godliness in the sense that Jesus says, you know, who is good but God alone? So I I do think goodness gets to the heart of of who God is. He is by nature good. So every Christian, you know, inwardly, we want to have a kind of godliness that, uh, that that is godly, that is like God. But generally speaking, godliness and holiness, I think, are, are fairly interchangeable. Now, this may sound like a technical conversation, but I will tell you why I think this part of our discussion is so important, Aaron, is, is twofold. Number one, aspirationally, what I should be praying for as a pastor 
is uh, that I would grow in holiness, that I would grow in godliness. That needs to be, first and foremost, the priority of my heart and uh, the deepest desire of, of my soul. Secondarily, if I'm a member of a church family, um, a covenant community of believers, I should uh, hope, look for, and be praying for my pastor, my elders to grow in holiness, to grow in mm-hmm. godliness. We have been trained in this generation to look for so many things. Obviously, oratorial, oratory skills are, are mm-hmm. really important. The business acumen of a pastor, elder, uh, some would prioritize that. The uh, uh, maybe leadership or organizational management skills, all of these things. Uh, but I think we've done it at the expense of of godliness. And I will tell you, maybe it's me getting older, if you will. But as I do get older, as I go further in pastoral ministry, the less weight I put on visionary skills um, and, and the more weight I put on holiness in the life of uh of uh, in my own heart and, and in the life of our our church family. Now, some of you are listening right now and you say, "What do I do if I don't see advancement and growth in holiness and godliness in my pastor's life?" Uh, we love to process that with you 877-548-3675 or maybe you're a pastor and you're listening and your question is far more reflective. How do I grow in godliness and in, in holiness in my own life. Let's talk about that. 877-548-3675. So with that framework, I want to ask a couple of, of very important questions. What happens in the life of a church when their pastor grows in holiness? I think it, it bears it, it bears so much fruit. The image that comes to my mind is uh, of, a, uh, of a weightlifter. If you send a weightlifter uh, you know, into the gym, and all he did was work on his arms. Over the years, he'd have these really big arms and these gangly legs, and that would just be foolish nonsense. I think sometimes when you've got a pastor who maybe, is, as you were talking about, focus on, focuses on his oratorical skills, and, and maybe he does a really good job of explaining the Bible. That's a wonderful thing. But maybe over time, your congregation can be a little bit kind of egg-heady. In other words, a lot of theological knowledge, but not a lot of spiritual depth. But if your pastors are growing, not just in, in biblical knowledge, but they're, they're growing in, 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 in the fruit of the Spirit, what's, what's going to happen is they're going to find well-balanced Christians populating their congregation, you know, filled with, with both a love for God's Word and a love for hospitality, that they might develop relationships where they're able to share God's Word. You know, they're not just going to, they're not just going to love um, growing closely together as a church, but they're going to have an evangelistic zeal because they have a love for the lost. And uh, all of these wonderful attributes are, they're, they're marked in, in the fruit of the Spirit. So the point is a pastor and elder's character, I really do think it has a, an effect on the entire congregation. It makes them very well balanced. So here's my follow-up, and I want to get it in before we take a break. Um, my follow-up would be, what do you say to the pastor who feels 
man, I, I, I have uh, blown it. I've, I've made a mistake. Maybe not disqualifying, but I haven't prioritized this in, in, in my own life or maybe have been blind to it. What, what is your um, advice? Yeah, let me, let me just be really quick and, and to the point. Assuming it's not a disqualifying ministry, praise God that, that you recognize this, number one. Number two, communicate this to somebody. Uh, and ideally, not just, not just a spouse or a close friend, but ideally someone in authority in your local church, uh, a, a brother there who can walk beside you. Number three, realize that, that God's not calling you to be perfect. He knows you're not going to be perfect this side of heaven, but he is calling you to grow. So may your goal be that you are growing. And uh, I think those three things are going to be super helpful uh, serving you and your church in the days ahead. Friends, we got so much ground to cover. Uh, and uh, Pastor Aaron's going to stick with us for one more segment as we prepare to go to break. These breaks, again, give you opportunity to order a copy of this book. And again, I cannot emphasize enough how much of a blessing it would be to an elder in your local congregation, a pastor in your local church. So dial this number, 888-644-4144. Go to our website, equipradio.org. That's equippedradio.org. Uh, but friends, uh, I, I really want to encourage you that this is a very important uh, subject and matter. If we want healthy churches, then we need to have healthy pastors who understand the value and the importance of growing in godliness, growing in holiness. The book is entitled Character Matters. Uh, Pastor and author Aaron Minikoff has written this book out of an overflowing love for God, uh, an overflowing love for the work of Christ in the local church, and an overflowing love for um, the sheep, for churches to be comprised of men and women who have spiritual depth, who are being led by elders who have that type of spiritual depth as well. I don't want you to go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. This daily program is fully devoted to coming alongside listeners like you to give you the tools needed for a successful walk with God. As one of our loyal listeners, would you be willing to become an equipper? Your monthly contribution will be applied to equipping others all across the country. Plus, as an equipper, I'll send you regular emails that contain brief pastoral messages prepared just for you. To become an equipper now, call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Welcome back to what I would call the rapid fire round of my conversation with Aaron Minikoff. Uh, there are calls that are coming in. We won't be able to get to every one of them. But one call that came in uh, from Condoridge in uh, Michigan asked a question, uh, Aaron, uh, we, we seem to be using the term elder and pastor uh, interchangeably. He wants to know, do, do I see or do you see a, a differentiation between those two? I would say that the way that it appears that uh, those terms are used in the New Testament, elder 
pastor, overseer, bishop, uh, I would say is referring to the same office. So I do find myself using those interchangeably, uh, presbyteros, which is so often used uh, to speak of elder, overseer, pastor. I see those as interchangeable. Uh, there's typically at a local church um, a primary teaching elder. Uh, but what is your thought there, Aaron? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think if you just look up First Peter 5 and Acts 20, you'll see that yourself. It'll be almost plain as day as you see Peter and Paul and his uh, farewell to the Ephesian elders uh, uses these terms interchangeably. Talk about, as we're reading through, thanks, uh, Condoridge, as well, for your call. Talk about, as we're reading through uh, Galatians, where this whole um, uh, placement and thought of the fruit of the Spirit comes up in Paul's writing to the Galatian church. What is he hoping to communicate? Yeah, Paul is so eager for the congregations throughout Galatia to understand the gospel, Understand the gospel isn't, you know, like a gospel plus works. But the gospel is all of grace. But this is a grace that changes you. And so when you head into Galatians chapter 5, you really see how the grace of God changes you. So you've got this, this wonderful exhortation. Hey, don't, you know, don't, don't live uh, following the works of the flesh. No, you follow the work of the Spirit. You, you keep in step with the Spirit. Because that's what a grace-filled life looks like. And, uh... Galatians is a, is a beautiful book to make both the gospel clear and a gospel life really clear as well. So when you're um, writing this book, I guess two really important questions. Who are you hoping picks it up? And what are you hoping God does in their heart as they do? I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, anybody who has influence picks it up, in all honesty, and because, you know, we, we all have spheres of influence in our life. Parents influence their children. Employers influ- influence their employees. Uh, deacons influence those who volunteer with them. You know, pastors obviously influence congregations. Missionaries influence their, their own teams. And um, I, I want us to remember that God doesn't, he doesn't just care about our productivity, you know, he, he, does, he isn't, I think, finally concerned about what we produce. He very much cares about the process. Um, and the process is, is one of, of personal sanctification. And I'm, I'm eager for, for Christians to never feel like they've arrived. And as you put it, you know, a few moments ago, to realize that we all have blind spots. And, and the Bible is a, is a mirror. It helps us see us as we really are. And uh, I just want the book Character Matters to point people to the Bible which is going to encourage them to, to keep growing. You know, living things grow. And as Christians, we need to keep growing. And I hope this book helps. I would be remiss if I, if I let you go without talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. so often we can walk away. I, and I've seen this happen in particular with Sunday school curriculums, where they're almost moralizing the gospel mm-hmm. by holding mm-hmm. up character qualities and saying, you need to be nice or kind or loving as if we can produce that out of our own energy or from our own will. We need the Holy Spirit, don't we? Absolutely. And notice the first, at least in Galatians 5, the first virtue listed is love. And what a sweet thing that is, because we know that, that we love God because he first loved us. You know, love is from the Lord. All these pieces of the fruit of the Spirit, they are just that, of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. 
So we, we come to the Lord like, like little babies come to their mom, feeding them baby food. We just open our mouths and say, Lord, please fill us with all these things. I need these things to grow. You know, I'm dependent upon you. Uh, I, I believe by God's grace that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead for my justification. And now, and, and is coming back again. And now for his glory, help me to live like my Savior. Um, we cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. And if you're not a Christian, if, you know, God, God, God hasn't changed your life, you submit yourself to the Lord and uh, put your faith in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and by God's grace, you'll change. Aaron, uh, you, you are a gift uh, in many ways to my heart because uh, I, I think that so much of what has happened in pastoral ministry has been lamentable and, uh, and, and caused uh, my heart to grieve. But I look at books like this as a joyful reminder that uh, everyone has not bowed their knee to Baal, <laughs> that mm-hmm. uh, there are those who are still passionate about honoring Christ, the centrality of the gospel in the, the local church, and being those who don't just preach the scriptures, but um, mm-hmm. have, have uh, allowed the Spirit, by His grace, to integrate the work of uh, the Word of God into our hearts. So thank you for doing that, brother. And uh, man, I, I love to, if you wouldn't mind, for us to pray for you and the good people of Mount Vernon Baptist Church. Can I do that? Oh, please do. And thank you so much for uh, making a point to talk about uh, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. I am so grateful. Thank you for Aaron, Lord. Thank you for Deanna. Thank you for the children. May your hand of blessing be upon my brother. May you allow him to shepherd his family well uh, in the days to come. And may his church bear much fruit. May there be a deep sense of the work of the Spirit in their lives as evidenced by the love that they have for you and for one another. May they grow in holiness. May men and women uh, throughout their region and the world see their good works and glorify you, Father. We ask this in the sovereign name of your Son and our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Thank you, Chris. Bless you, Aaron. Thank you for joining me today. Friends, the name of the book is Character Matters, Shepherding in the Fruit of the Spirit, Aaron Minikoff. And uh, I've said it a couple of times. I want to say it again. I know it may sound redundant, but at the risk of redundancy, what a gift for the pastor at your church. What a gift for the elders who um, sacrificially love you and serve Jesus. And uh, what a gift for a church to be able to process together. So whether you read it alone or with a group, I encourage you to process through these things and to pray that the Lord would help you to grow in holiness. I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. Women in ministry is a topic that generates a lot of questions like what does the Bible teach about women ministering in their homes and even in the church? We're going to talk about how a woman can discern her calling with a veteran panel of women leaders on the next edition of Equip. 
Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or EquipRadio.org.